Hello and welcome to this episode of Your Money with me, Mary Holm. Thanks for taking just a few minutes to listen in while Jesse Mulligan and I talk through some useful ideas about how to make your money work better for you. Just remember though, this is guidance. Final decisions are up to you. Over to Jesse. Let's go to money. Mary Holm is here. Hello. Hello, Jesse. Nice to see you, Mary. Thank you. And uh, a bit of optimism Ooh, from you. Just a minute. Yes. Jeremy and I were saying that I should say Kiora, not hello. So Kiora, Jesse. Kiora to you. Yeah. Very good. Okay. Well discussed. Uh, <laughs> you have a bit of optimism for people who aren't going to get into the home ownership market. That's right. Yeah. I've, you know, you keep hearing people giving up on the home ownership market and. I feel sorry for them, but I don't think, you know, all is lost Mm. necessarily. So it's kind of like the opposite of last time I was on when we were talking Mm. about investing in rental property. And this is kind of not only not owning a rental property, but not even owning your own house. It's the other extreme, really, on on the home ownership spectrum. And I suppose some people rent for a while, but it's actually quite a big moment when you admit to yourself that that you're going to give up on the home, right? Yes, do you mean rent for a while and then... Yes, rent for a while, thinking one day we'll get a home, and then at some point I guess oh. you have to say to yourself, maybe the dream is over, and we're better to plan, at least plan to rent for the rest of yes. our time. Yes, well, what what I'm proposing is not so much necessarily on you know one given day giving up forever, or I, I heard you saying for a lifetime or when you retire, and I yeah. thought we, we shouldn't equate those two when people retire. Yes. It's not the end of their life, <laughs> yeah. and, that, and that's for sure. It's often... The exact opposite is yeah. the beginning, but but um, I you know people don't actually have to decide I'm not going to buy a house until retirement, but they can be getting on with building up a fund which they've got to do either way anyway. Just building up savings which you can use either as a deposit for a house, or if the housing market stays as silly as it is for quite a while, think in terms of renting right through perhaps until retirement, possibly all the way through your life, but um, for reasons we might get onto in a minute, you know, in retirement things are a little bit different Mm. for people. But um, Often in your head you mentally equate paying money into a mortgage and paying money for rent, right? But actually you're here to tell us that renters do have it slightly better off. Well, they can. They're not necessarily, they don't necessarily end up worse off. So if we look at, say, somebody's wealth at retirement, the person who owns a home has got the home and and hopefully without a mortgage by then or at least only a small mortgage by then. So that's certainly part of their wealth. Mm. But if you haven't bought a home by then but you've built up a big retirement lump sum, you can be just as well off as the person owning the home. Um, if you you know, you you want to, to of course have that big amount of money to either buy a house at that point or to cover your rent going through for the rest of your life. In fact one estimate I saw recently and I think it was just pretty rough was that it'd be good to have uh, half a million more at retirement if you don't own a home, if you've just been renting all the way yeah. through than if you do. And when you think about it, then you could take that half million and, and buy a house, perhaps not in Auckland currently, although parts of Auckland maybe, but certainly a lot of retired people I know who, who are in Auckland and Wellington and other high, high-priced high places are buying outside the big cities, moving somewhere else and quite enjoying living mm. in, a, in a smaller place. But 
I mean, the other thing is when you're looking long, long term, I just don't believe house prices are going to stay as high relative to incomes as they are now because they're at record levels relative to incomes. And in the end, um, you know, you're okay, you're looking at immigration and you're looking at housing supply and all these other factors that feed into house prices. But in the end, in the long run, houses can't stay at the multiple of people's incomes that they're at now. It's So, you know, for younger people who might be thinking, I don't own a house now and I might give up, well, get building up that money and you might be able to buy in 10 years' time. The, you know, mm. the prices might have gone down by then. Okay, so how um, should you approach your th- thinking around renting then? Yeah, well... Um, I suppose that the first point to make is if you're weighing up the finances between owning and renting is that you're going to have to save, if you're continuing to rent, be disciplined enough to save as much as mm. you would have spent on the mortgage, on rates, on maintenance and insurance, minus your rent, you know, so you're paying several hundred dollars a, a week or a, perhaps a couple of thousand or whatever a month on rent. Find out what a friend is paying um, in who's in a house on mortgage rates and maintenance and insurance, and and it'll almost always be higher for a similar quality house. Um, and set yourself to pay saving that amount. Um, otherwise, you, you're not going to end up as well off. But but you see, when you're weighing it up, you've got to look at what's happening to house prices versus what's happening to your savings. If you're going to keep pace with house prices, you're going to have to get into a pretty good savings fund, and that's probably going to be in in shares, basically. You're going to have to be willing to take a bit of a risk to mm-hmm. go into it. could be in KiwiSaver or a similar fund outside KiwiSaver, but a share fund, a higher-risk fund, are the ones that are going to grow over the long term. So that your um, money is growing as fast as it would if you had it in a house. Yes, mm-hmm. basically that. How, when you're in a house too, you've got the advantage of, what we call gearing, and that you've got your money you've put into the house, but you've also got the bank's money, the mortgage money, and you get growth on both, and that will increase your savings. So you've got to do some pretty high-powered savings outside a house to match that, match that sort of growth. So you really do have to be in a higher-risk fund if you're going to do this well. If you haven't got the stomach for a higher-risk fund, which will be more volatile, then you might have to settle for the fact that you aren't going to be as well off um, renting for life as you are owning a home. But you could still be close to it. Mm. Yeah. And there are some other pluses too, right? Yes, there are a lot. When I was you know, making a list of the pluses and minuses of, of renting versus home ownership, um, in the shorter term, some of the pluses of renting are that you, your savings is diversified. You haven't, you're not putting all your money in just a property. You're, you're, you can put it in shares, you can put it in, in perhaps in bonds and other things, where, whereas you, know, you can spread your savings out more and that lowers your risk. There's also, and this is a big one, there's less responsibility. Um, I think I've said this to you before, there's a saying, do you own your own home or did you have a good weekend? <laughs> um, yeah, yeah uh, there's, there's a lot of you know, maintaining the garden, maintaining the house, that sort of stuff that happens when you own a home and when you don't. Um, Life's a lot easier in that sense. You don't have to do maintenance on on the property or pay someone else to do it. Um, You can more easily live close to downtown, really, although these days you can buy apartments 
downtown, but it does tend to work more easily for people who who, who want to live near the CBD for renting, not buying, can, can work better for you. You can move easily and cheaply, and that's quite a big one for people. Um, some people want to be able to move suburbs or change jobs and yeah. change cities. Yeah, I've got a friend whatever. who just sold her house and uh, and now every weekend for the next eight weeks until settlement is cleaning up their own house oh, to hand God. it over, you know, yes. repainting yes. and doing all those jobs that you don't have to think about when it's just your place. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah, and you I have mean, to clean it when you move out of a rental, but you don't need to get it up to scratch to no. sell it for its maximum price. No, that's quite right. It makes a huge difference. Mm. I mean, it's pretty easy to move when you're renting, really. And especially if if you haven't got children, we'll get onto that in a minute. But um, another another point is if you're saving a big lump sum as opposed to putting it into the house, and you want to, for example, start a business or something like that, then you can raid your savings. I mean, I do not suggest you raid those those savings to go on a trip or or, or anything else. But but something that could be building your future wealth. So if you had a really great business idea. Mm. Um, you've got the money there. Now, that's not to say, if you've been paying off a mortgage, and especially if you've been paying it off fast, you can quite often add to the mortgage again to set up a business too. So you can get access to the money, but still it is easier if it's just sitting there in savings, and except in KiwiSaver where you wouldn't be able to get it out. So I would actually recommend people, if they're doing saving a big lump sum and not owning a home, that they do that outside KiwiSaver just to keep it, more flexible. Okay. Yeah. Someone says, but Mary, what about the negatives of renting? Yeah, well, we've Just got to come into here. that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and, and they might have some ideas too, but, but one of them is that you need a sort of discipline with your savings, which you don't really with, with a mortgage. You've got to pay it. I mean, people occasionally get behind on mortgages, but most people don't. They feel this huge pressure to pay the mortgage, and so they do. I would suggest if you're renting that you set up automatic transfers out of your wherever your money's mm. coming into that bank account, perhaps the day after you get an automatic transfer going into a savings account and keep your sticky fingers off that money. Mm. But you do need need to have something like that. And then that every couple up. of months you say, oh, what if my tap had broken? I was a homeowner. I'd have to pay them in three hundred bucks yes. for a plumber to come around and fix it. That's right. Just being able to ring up the landlord and getting them to do it is yeah. is, is, is nice for. But to the but hassle. to truly be and doing the same thing, yeah, you want to you want to get a few lump sums in there unexpectedly as well. Yes, <laughs> and indeed you do. That's yeah. Um, you can be kicked out, of course, and that's a huge one. With 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 um. Yes, security renting. of tenure was what this text was worried yes, about. Mm. Absolutely, and I saw um in your two o'clock bulletin, and, and Phil Twyford is apparently talking about changing things so there are longer term leases and more security for tenants, and that would really be good. It's especially awful if you get kicked out. I know I know it's not that easy to kick tenants out, but if if the landlord's changing buying or selling or, mm. or or whatever, it does happen. And it's especially bad if you've got children in school and so on because then you really wanted to try and find something else in the same area. And, you know, it's not on your terms. If you own a house, you can choose when you move, and that's a big deal. You can't choose um, decorations very much. Usually you can't change, you know, paint the bathroom purple mm. like my cousin once did. Or... Um, <laughs> do much to the garden. Well, you often can, but then you lose it if you yeah. move. And, get, and people don't tend to 
get in, into developing. It's hard to put a lot of love into a garden that you it could is. have to leave in a couple of yeah. months, right? Yes. Because so much of those big plantings are about kind of the 10-year plan. If not longer, yes. Yeah. And and um, so so there is that. I mean, that for some people, including me, I have to say, not having to worry about the garden's big plus, but, but I know for a lot of New Zealanders they love love their gardens. And and along those lines, if you're renting, you can't really sort of build up the value in the property through, say, developing a garden or doing DIY. And some people do brilliant stuff. Mm. They buy a cheap little house and then fix it up a lot. And so in a, in a way, that's a, that's a means of converting your labour and your skills into money, right? That's exactly right. That yeah. aren't available to renters. No, no. They haven't got that sort of option. So if that's something that appeals, that, that can be weighed up in the thing. And then um, there's longer-term issues too. Uh, the big one, once you get into at retirement, for example, um, the lack of security is a bigger deal probably. It is when you've got little kids and it is when you're retired I think. Other stages in your life it's not quite so bad if you have to move on but you certainly at 85 or 90 don't want to be told you've you've got to move on and so that is a big deal and that's why I think people quite often might if they rent all the way through might by the time they get to retirement want to turn their savings in, into a home. Mm. Um, and you don't have a house for the kids to inherit, and that uh, can be a big deal for some people. It's interesting, I think my generation's not nearly as fussed about leaving an inheritance as our parents were. You know, yeah. you, you, I've seen that through letters to I my hero. I never column. even think about an inheritance, but I suppose no. for some families it's, you know, yes, an inheritance I'll get or an inheritance that I'll pass on, but I guess in some families it's a bigger deal than in others. Yeah, yes. At, at your age, I wouldn't be thinking about what you're going to leave your kids yet, probably, <laughs> but... but um, Yes, well, actually, you know, we just made a will for the first time. Our well done. family lawyer's been quietly peer pressuring us to do it. Yes. It's, it's the worst sort of job, you know, because you have to think about the things that you hope will never happen. Yes. And you're spending money on it. and But, yeah. you know, hopefully, well, but hopefully it won't pay off. You can have a bit of, oh, well, in the end. Yeah. <laughs> I've got news for you, Jesse. Yeah. Um, so we're um, thinking about death and inheritance a lot in our family. Are right? you? Yes. <laughs> and you can have a bit of fun. What I've done with my will is, is allocate small amounts to quite a few people to spend on fun with the stipulation they spend it on That's fun. That's a good know. one, Mary. Yeah, like my brothers and sisters and that, I've just sort of thought, well, I'd quite I'd quite like to get a thousand bucks and be told I had to spend it on fun. Mm. You know? So that's the kind of thing. It's not actually in my will. The, the, the lawyer said, well, you know, can't put that in the will. And so it's in a document that goes with the will. But... Um, An amusing appendix it, from Mary. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you can have a bit of sort of be a bit creative like that, which is kind of neat. But um, yes, the, those. The, but there's still getting back to the idea of your house being an inheritance. That is quite a big deal for quite a few people. And I think what the boomers are tending to do is spend our savings, but not our house. We're sort of saying well, we'll leave the house to the kids. And spend the spend our other savings, and and that's quite a common sort of justification for for blowing the rest of it on something. Mm. But um, so so the, I mean those long term things are, are certainly there, and I'm not you know in New Zealand the idea of home ownership is 
so ingrained, really. And I'm not saying, I'm not discounting that. I'm just saying that it's all is not lost mm. if you're feeling like you're just never going to get together on a home. And if, and if um, you are, and if you do look likely to never be owning your own home, there's a, there's a good way of going about it, really. There's a yeah. way of structuring your money so that you can make the most of your particular situation. It's, it, indeed, indeed. There are just a couple of other um, psychological points on, in all of this, too. I think that... There is a pride of ownership in, in owning your own home that, well, especially if you think when you buy your first home, you know, this is mine. Even though the bank has lent you a lot of money to buy it. I hate it when people say, I don't own the home, the bank owns the home. No, that's not true. You own it. They have just lent you money. But And you're, you're much more in control of a, a really important aspect of your life, which is your, the environment you live in. And so that's... Um, that's definitely a plus. But on the other hand, you know, there are bad things that happen to people's people's houses. You, If you're a tenant, you don't have to worry about it. the house turns out to be leaky. You just move out to somewhere else. Or the lease goes up. Or these days, some of these beautiful waterfront properties around New Zealand, suddenly the value is going down on them because people are worried about the, the level of the sea rising yeah. and, and flooding. Um, there, are, there are issues like that that can be horrific for people. They're by far their biggest assets, their home, and suddenly the value of it's plunged. And as a tenant, you don't have to worry about all of that. Mm. So it's quite And nice. if you've been organised and have your money in a share fund, then yes. well, yeah, that might go down as well, but uh, you'll be diversified and so it's less likely. That Over the long it. term, it should rise pretty well, mm. yeah, especially if you, international as well as New Zealand shares in the share fund, I'd say. Okay. Yeah. Um, someone asks, can renters saving really compare to a mortgage, Mary? We pay $700 a week for our family house in Auckland. Surely that amount going on a mortgage plus whatever the costs work out is way better than what a renter could save. So this is somebody, she's paying $700. So, so, yeah, so she's, you, got, she's got a house. No, she's a renter. She's oh, paying $700 a week and she's yes. saying that isn't that going to be you know, reasonably equivalent to what uh, someone with a mortgage is going to be paying? Look, in some markets it can be. Yeah, that, Not that's forever, true. Though. No, it, it tends to be less, especially when you add the rates and the insurance and the maintenance yep. um, onto, onto the house. The maintenance, of course, is not a regular amount, but you really need to budget you know, a few thousand a year because every now and then you suddenly having to pay quite a few thousand to repair the roof or mm. something like that. Um, so it does depend on the market, yes. Um, I, I, I suppose maybe should, don't get too hung up on exactly, if you're a renter, on what you would have been paying in house costs. Just save as much as you can, yeah, basically. Okay. Yeah. And uh, here's a random one for, for you um, from Anna. She says, we've just bought our first house at the age of 42. Phew. Well done, Anna. Yes. And I ask, is it true that if you own a business, you can write the interest off your mortgage? If so, she says, that seems very unfair. So slightly off topic, but uh, seeing it just came in, we've got a couple of minutes, so I thought I might put that to you. Um, I don't quite know what she means there. So um, she has to pay interest on her mortgage, right? Yes. She's asking, is it true that if she had a business that she'd be able to just write that interest or, or off? Deduct, yeah, she's deduct probably meaning you deduct it, which doesn't mean you write it off totally, of course. What she might be getting at is if you have a business from that you operate from home, then you can deduct home office expenses, which is a proportion. If you use 10% of your house, and you, there are guidances on how much you can say, 10% of the house is used for home office, then you can 
tax deduct 10% of the mm. costs of the house, which include maintenance and You'd have to be doing very well to uh, be deducting all of your interest payments, though, wouldn't you? I yeah, mean, I don't to... see how that could work in... Yeah. In, in America, everybody can deduct the interest on their mortgage um, off their off their really? taxes. Yep, yeah, that's amazing. And it's actually economically a purer model because we all pay interest on tax on the interest we earn. So we all should be able to deduct the interest we pay if you're doing things economically pure, okay. purely. But in New Zealand, it's never been that way. And, Often don't you find that countries just get sort of develop their own tra- tradition of doing things and then it becomes impossible to change yes. anything yep. because it becomes politically impossible. That's right, because there's always some people who are going to be unhappy about yeah. about any change like that. And, and, and when yes. we've said before, you know, that uh, that New Zealand's one of the few countries that a capital gains tax, almost everyone agrees that for fairness there should be one, but it'll yes. never happen because this is the way that we've grown mm, up with that I one. I wouldn't say it'll never happen. Look at Michael Cullen's tax working group. I, I wouldn't be so sure about that. Yeah. I think there might be something coming in there. Well, at yeah. least it'll be a, a, a political hot potato when it does happen. And it won't happen to private homes. And yeah. once again, if you look at economic purity, it should it should happen to the whole lot because because otherwise people tend to put too much into their private home mm. as opposed to other investments when there's a tax advantage to your home. But, but there's, there's, there's economic purity and then there's politics and yeah. reality. Yeah. Um, okay. Thanks, Mary.